Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze. I'm obsessed with all things fitness and business. I left my career as a TV reporter after 10 years to start my own fitness coaching company. I was so tired of seeing people struggle with disordered eating and misguided weight loss information. Think of this as your one-stop shop for training, nutrition, and success while navigating through life. Grab a cup of coffee, get cozy, and get ready to learn and laugh. Again, welcome to the Taylor Living Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. This week, we are talking with physique coach Adam Atkinson, who is the owner of See You Later Leaner. Now, something that I get questioned all the time is just how to balance work, life, stress, family, all of that. So Adam breaks down his tips to running a successful business, but also just knowing when to stop. You know, I'm just like trying to stay sane. How are you doing in the midst of all of this? I'm doing good. So I'm trying to remember, did I meet you at Cleveland like a long time ago? And were you working with Cliff Wilson? So I'm working with Cliff. Yeah, we met backstage at whatever Dave Lieberman's show was in October of 2018. Yeah, that's super awesome. I know, so funny. And it's such a small world, such a small world. Yeah, purple suit, right? Yeah, <laughs> memory I, is so good. I know it's really weird. I have a photographic memory. and I'm I, the same way. It's okay. Yeah, I people are like, how in the heck did you remember that? And I'm like, honestly, I remember like pictures. And honestly, yes. I, I think that's what makes me excel at my job well, you know. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's I was that kid in, you know, in college where if I was highlighting things that were color-coded, I would remember the answers based on, like, what color it was highlighted. So I totally, I relate. I relate. (laughs) And people are like, how do you do well on that? I'm like, well, it's kind of like cheating if you can see the book in your head, you know. But, yes, like, it actually, to be quite honest, until I learned I could do that, I was, like, pretty dumb and like didn't excel very well (laughs) you weren't realizing how good you were at that stuff I didn't realize like that that was like a gift you know because teachers don't really teach you to excel at your strengths you know they just have one way which I get they have 30 kids in classrooms so that's just going to be how that is hilarious So, you know, Adam, I followed you for a long time on Instagram, um, and I've just seen your business grow. I feel like you've got clients everywhere. You've got competitors everywhere. And one thing I can say is that I feel like you're overall a pretty chill person. You don't seem like you're very stressed. Externally, I am very chill. (laughs) There are times where, like, I'm anxious and I worry about small things, I think, just like anyone else. But, you know, last night, you know, this is a great time to reconnect with your spouse and do things that busy coaches just typically don't get to do. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I just want to cuddle and talk. And I said, you know, I said, after all of this bull crap is over, I said, some of the small things I used to worry about are just going to seem so insignificant once this virus is over. And I said, I'm really looking forward to that. So I can actually just kind of enjoy this more, you know? 
and I keep telling, you know, my friends too, not just my clients, but like you were saying, spending time with your wife, it's like now is the time to do all of the things that you complain that you're, you know, too busy to do, whether it be starting a new book or like you said, spending time with your wife, having the time to make breakfast at home, just like little things like that, yeah. you know? So funny you mentioned writing a book because after Cliff came out with his, I was like, <laughs> I want to do something. So I am actually in um, chapter three of mine, which mine is going to be an extremely short chapter book. It's more so going to be stories versus anything else. Um, stories of me coaching, I think it will be interesting. It will be fun. Um, I wish I had uh, – had it done now because now would be a perfect time to release something like to that. To launch right? it, I know, yeah. I know. But I'm like, at the same time, now is the perfect time to kind of work on it. Yeah, I mean, if we get stuck into this whole quarantine thing for, you know, 30 to 60 days, I feel like people are still freaking out. And then if you get this cranked out in a month or so, I think that's going to be a great launch time, you know, once people yeah. have kind of settled into this new routine. Um but, you know, the, what I wanted to focus on for you, and I kind of touched base, you know, via email, was this whole work-life balance situation and how you were saying that being an online coach, or, you know, it's very hard to make time for everything. And while you might be anxious on the inside and not on the outside, you know, we're those people, if you are running your own business, you've got to have a little anxiety to drive you. It's hard to be completely chill all the time. So I know one sticking point for me um, was always just, like, managing that time at first. So if somebody is transitioning from maybe corporate America to the work from home lifestyle, what is your, um, your best advice for kind of maybe how you started? Maybe it was not the best, right? Maybe it was, how, it was hard, but how have you transformed into making time for family, friends, and just like self-care for you? Yeah, and I will say that I'm pretty bad about that, and that's something I've really thought about during the pandemic right now, because this is an opportunity to call my mom more and call my brothers and sisters more. And we typically find, and I was just talking to another coach about this, and I think it's important to talk to other coaches about this as well, talk to people who are in the same field as us, because they can relate to what we're going through. But I think what's really interesting is I have found my wife can choose me. She can choose to be with me or not, but my family cannot choose me. They are genetically attached to me. So I think that's where it's so important that when they say family comes first, that is very, very true. You also have to marry your wife into that or your husband. But these people don't really get to choose you. Your husband or wife does. And if you start struggling with that balance, they might choose to leave and say, <laughs> I did not sign up for this. But I think it's that much more important to find that balance. And honestly, one way to find that, I think, is to set some structure Whereas no matter what happens, we have this one-hour meeting together. Or no matter what happens, I'm done doing emails at 1 o'clock on Saturday. So, well, and that's kind of my next point was just boundaries. Right? Like it's so hard sometimes to set boundaries because we work in this industry that 
technically could be like a 24-hour business because people are always tracking, they're always needing some guidance, answering questions, whatever. However, you know, when I first started, I was answering emails at like 10 o'clock at night, and I'm somebody that wakes up at 4 in the morning, okay? So like I'll answer emails super early, but I like to go to bed at 9. And it kind of like set the precedent to my clients that I was always available. So if I didn't respond to an email within like an hour, I was getting a text message or things like that. So Talk about boundaries you set, like you were saying, with yourself and your personal life, but also tell me about your work boundaries. This is cool you're asking me this because I think it's something that I have recently just gotten better at within the past couple of years. I am a very nice guy, and at, for a long time, I opened up every line of communication, whether it was the phone or you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, however people wanted to reach me. Well, man, you have to shift gears like crazy through (laughs) all of those apps and all of those things. And I actually told my clients, I want to go to an all email format. And and here's why. If I have a two-hour time block for myself, and I don't have my phone on me, it's really easy to focus on the things I actually do want to get done. And sometimes it's hard because you don't want to tell clients, don't text me or don't do this. But it's important to direct them how they can get the best opportunity and the best service. So the biggest issue I have with the iPhone is that people text you, the unread messages do not go to the top So you're shifting through, scrolling down through your phone for what seems like days to find that one blue dot that you're not sure where it's at. So so for me, I told my clients, here's the way to nearly text me without having to text me. So I tell my clients, put help in all caps in your subject, and you're going to be the very first email I check. And my clients know I check pretty religiously all the time. So having expectations, and that helps clients know this is how I can get the best service possible. So, so well, that's kind of how I, yeah, that's like how I figured it out too. Is like, you know, when I first started, you don't want to be the coach who's an asshole, to be quite frankly, and, you know, hey, don't text me. But at the same time, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't text your doctor if you need something. You know, that's the example I always give. Like, we are not a 24-hour service, and I say, you know, I will respond to all of your emails within 12 hours, I mean, maximum. But just so I can respond thoroughly and effectively, you know, I don't need your text message lingering with, like, my friends texting me, you know? Right. Yes, absolutely. And it keeps me in a good headspace, so... You know, if you're out on a date, you don't want to get bad news from people while you're out trying to have a good time or have just, you know, maybe drama spewed on you or my weight shot up. I don't know why immediately that. So that has helped me attain a balance, but not only a balance, but also just greater communication with my clients. And when they do that a couple times and they realize, man, Adam's just never let me down with this situation, they love that. And they realize that your system does work and they have more confidence in you as a coach. So how do you overcome difficult clients? And this might have been more of a challenge at the beginning because 
um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm assuming you've kind of morphed, obviously, into more competition than anything. But kind of when you start off and you're doing, you know, a little more gen pop than anything else, I feel like you sometimes get those clients who might send you novels every other day about their struggles. And you kind of have this balance of like, man, I'm like, not this person's therapist, but like, I don't want to just leave them hanging. You know, the client that <laughs> gives you a novel of why their weight shot up half a pound every week and who knows what. How do you deal with clients like that or the clients that just maybe don't respect your boundaries as well? Because that's what kind of causes stress for some. Honestly, so I'm weird. I actually like those kinds of clients. Because <laughs> I, I, I definitely, I have a, a major identity um, complex where this, this is who I am and this is uh this is going to be my legacy. If I, if I leave anything behind in this world, I think it's certain that I have lit other people's lives to be the best they can be. And I hope to live through those people forever. And that that energy passes on to people that they come in contact with. But clients like that give me an opportunity to help them more. And even though it is more work and it is difficult, at the end of the day, those people do make me feel important. <laughs> and uh, I do kind of enjoy that. I think the biggest thing, though, is sometimes we have clients that are difficult in different ways, whether it's a novel or whether it is them actually just not understanding how to track macros. And those are really <laughs> difficult because I think everyone fears the word meal plans. But there have been clients where I've had to give meal plans to and then say, hey, our refeed day is today. So I want you to try to match those carbs or match those carbs and fats I'm giving you somehow and kind of help tap them through the process. And I think when we get difficult clients in that regard, we're in a very automatic situation with my fitness pal and my macros. I actually like to get them a notepad or like a spreadsheet to have them actually see where these macros are coming from. Right. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, every client's going to be different, whether it's the client who doesn't check in and you hear from them once a month or, you know, like – I feel like there's some like that. There's some that are freaking out about their weight moving at all. Um, and then, you know, I've got the clients who might text at nine o'clock on a Saturday night and you're like, Hey man, it's Saturday at nine o'clock. Why are you worried about your macros right now? But you know, all those things, but that's good that you are working on the boundaries and all of that. And you have a system in place because I do think that, you know, aside from joking with clients and whatnot, just a mental standpoint, if you were on, 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day. I mean, because I'm up, I don't go to bed until late. You know, that's when the sleep gets impacted and all of that. And like, you have to take care of yourself too. So what do you want to tell coaches or business owners who have a hard time turning off? Yeah. And I, I definitely have a hard time doing that because I think when this truly is your passion you just gravitate towards it so much more. And I think that's what's been hard about this pandemic is I've just had so many people I was looking forward to hit stages and the stages are gone right now. But I think to turn off, you literally 
might have to force yourself to turn off more. So one thing I actually did this year is I actually bought a different phone that literally is a dud, but I can basically use it for emergencies or something like that. And that's actually the phone I take out with me when me and my wife go out to dinner. So there's nothing work-related on that phone. And I had to do that because I can't really have that work phone on me and turn it off. So if yeah. it's like diving into a cold pool when I leave the house without that phone. But once I'm in the pool, I adapt and I adjust and I go, okay, this isn't that bad. <laughs> but leaving the house is like jumping off the diving board into that cold pool. Like, oh, my God, I'm getting ready to leave my work phone here. <laughs> I mean, I literally put my phone on the charger in a separate room at 8 o'clock every night. After 8 o'clock, I am not responding to anything. And, and you know, sometimes I might be with friends and that kind of goes out the window. But, like, if it's just a typical weekday night, just, you know, eliminating the blue light, taking the distractions away, like, holding myself accountable. And my friends all know that I do this too. So they know that like, if I text Taylor after eight o'clock, she's not going to respond, but you know, just having some kind of system in place. So you saying the other phone, like that's a good option too. Absolutely. Um, because it, it kind of comes down to a safety measure or like my GPS is on there. So, you know, I don't know where I'm, I, I'm such an introvert. Like uh, by heart, <laughs> like I don't know where I'm going in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so funny you're hilarious so, even though I've lived here for a long time but yeah I use uh, I use that and that's been really helpful I think exactly like what you said kind of setting boundaries for yourself that you know work and what I do find is when I do leave that phone at home I'm very excited to pick it back up the next morning and kind of get back to the grind and that's just like anything else, you can overtrain. You can also overwork. I've reached points where I've just pushed too hard, and I kind of know what that number is for me now. And I think that's really important is identifying how much you actually can take on. I think where coaches get in trouble is in that November through January period where they're not traveling for shows anymore. A lot of coaches tend to overbook themselves and they start traveling to shows. They don't have as much time to email and they go, oh crap, I have taken on too much. And I know because very early in my career, I did this. <laughs> so um, it was actually when I started working with NPC athletes more, I just didn't realize how many more shows there were. And I was like, man, I could travel every weekend if I want. You really to. could, yeah. Yeah, and I did. So last year, I think I was home five weekends out of the whole year. <laughs> and I, I loved it. It was my best year yet. I just, I had so much fun. <laughs> but luckily, I had learned my lesson, like, I think it was 2011 or 12 when I started doing more NPC because the inclusion of the bikini division. And uh, I really started doing a lot of traveling then. I said, oh, my God, I think I've 
taken on too much because I didn't realize I could travel this much. So that kind of brings me to my next point. But, you know, when you're starting out as a new coach, obviously it's kind of scary not having a paycheck to rely on and things like that or whatever you're doing as an entrepreneur, fitness or not fitness. So I want to talk about defining what enough is. Now, I think there's something to be said that we're always going for something bigger and better, but I do know that at first it's very easy to work seven days a week, 12-hour days, never taking time for yourself because you're so worried about failing or not having enough. So I wanted to talk to you about how you progress in a mindset and kind of defining enough, creating those limits, creating boundaries. Yes. I think one thing that's interesting is why you're afraid of failure and what those true drivers are. It's actually perfect to talk about the pandemic right now. Are people having logical thought that they're going to fail and they're going to lose their homes and mortgages or run out of toilet paper, heaven forbid? Jesus, I know. I got some today, finally. You really have to realize and recognize what possible failure, you know, could happen. I think it's always good to play it on the safe side, have a savings account, make sure you have those things in check, because if you have a savings account, you actually can have more balance, because you can always step back and say, if X, Y, and Z happen, I still have this and I'm going to be okay. So I think that's huge. And just recognizing that I think it's good to have uh, your your family or your wife to talk to about this because my wife tends to be more grounded about where we are financially or if I'm doing enough more so than I am because to me it's still a competition and You know, I don't know if anything's going to be enough. So I kind of rely on her to tell me, are we doing good? And can we coast here? And she gives me the okay. Because for me, it's going to be an emotional decision. So I would tell our other coaches that try to take the emotion out of making those decisions. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is. It's hard when you are relying on yourself to kind of make ends meet. And of course you don't want to fail. You want to be the best you can be. And that's especially true when you're a coach of all things, because you're probably, I mean, you're a competitor too. You have that in your background. So like you just have that drive where you're always wanting more. You're always wanting to be the best, um, you know, be the go-to coach and things like that. So um, I do think it's just so important to like, for me, I I mean, I don't take two days off a week, but I definitely have one day a week and it's, it sometimes changes, you know, week to week. Some weeks you have new clients, some weeks you have no new clients, some weeks you have programs to do, some weeks you don't, you know what I mean? It shifts all the time, but having one day a week where you can tell yourself, okay, I'm not going to even look at my email. Um, I'm not going to bother with it. Obviously, like my clients know, if it's an actual emergency, they can text me. So, you know, just holding yourself accountable to like live your life because I'm sure you can relate too. like you said, with having a different phone, it gets to a point where your friends are like, hey, stop checking your email. Like you're stressed out by checking your email. Um, Yeah. 
And I had a hard time with that coming from a TV news background and transitioning into being a business owner because, you know, for the first 10 years of my career, I had no holidays off. I had no flexibility. And then I go to a a job where I have all the flexibility in the world, but it all falls on you. So it's, it's just a very different mindset, but similar things. Um, But I think that's so important to talk about. And then do you have any tips for stress management? Any ways to just chill out and just calm down, especially now? I think this is a perfect time for this course to come out. So talk about your stress management tips. Yes. So the first thing, I'm literally I'm going to name drop a supplement. Core Hard has been a huge staple for me. And yes, Core Hard <laughs> is the OG of products. It is. So if you look at just the compound alone, just having the ashwagandha, the phosphatidylserine, uh, these are just so helpful to help you get to a relaxed state without being drowsy. And that's that's hard because a lot of things that make you relax make you sleepy and people like us don't really have a whole lot of time to sleep in general. So that's where that product really shines. But to help people more, uh, I think I wrote about this maybe a year or two ago. Um, I had talked about, and I can't remember who I was talking about when I wrote this, but I talked about using direction you get rid of distraction. And I think that's so key with what's going on right now. We have literally been blessed to some degree, as long as you're still working, I will say, to do it all from home. And when you condense your life into one spot, how much less distraction could there possibly be than right now? But how many times are we just seeing people completely distracted on social media right now, having arguments and things like that. (laughs) So, you know, distraction is just anything preventing us from giving our full attention to the task that we're after. And right now, I think a lot of people are getting distracted. So I'm trying to use direction and time block for my day and just these are the things I have to get done. And that's what kind of helps me get through. And focusing on what I can control definitely helps me not be as stressed. I mean, I don't know if you are a Google Calendar guy, but I'm all about the Google Calendar. And I was talking today, you know, people that are having an issue, again, with that transition of working from home, whether it be because of circumstances or it's because, of, you know, you might be new into the business or new running your own business, but having everything on your calendar, and I I mean everything, like I schedule my lunch, I schedule my breakfast, like it might shift a little bit day to day, but usually not. And I think people that, you know, are finding themselves distracted, or they're wandering around the house, you know, it's because their schedule is not the same. I mean, just because you're working from home, still set an alarm, still get up at the same time, still go to bed at the same time. Don't sit on your couch to do work, like sit at a desk or a bar stool or something. Correct. And, you know, I made a mistake today because I'm just like doing a little less right now in terms of meetings and stuff that I, the one meeting I had today or thought I had today, I just wrote on a notepad instead of actually getting out my phone and scheduling it. 
I actually double buffed the same time. Luckily, I caught it last night. But I was oh like, goodness. that's why it's so important to actually have a system that you work from. So true. Well, Adam, I don't have any other questions for you. Is there anything you want to say about work-life balance, the importance of it, any other tips you have for people that are new or people that have had their own company for a long time? Any tips you have? Just keep going. Keep progressing. You know, you're going to grow faster as a younger or newer coach than when you're more experienced because your ability for growth is going to be less as you have more clients. But I would tell people, try not to grow too fast. So take your time, pace yourself, maybe set some goals on how much you grow per month so then you can actually kind of control the growth and make sure that you don't get too overwhelmed or just get caught in a endless hamster wheel of work. Thanks so much for listening to the Tailored Living Podcast. If you're looking for any nutrition, coaching, programming, or a combination, head over to tailoredtraining.com. You can always send me an email at trainwithtailor at gmail.com. And of course, follow me on Instagram at taylorfit.com.